0: Okay, here we are. It's Sunday morning, and we're uh, doing Oscar Poker number eight. This is Jeffrey Wells of Hollywood Elsewhere speaking. I'm talking to my primary partner, Sasha Stone of Awards Daily. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Jeff. And we're also guesting today. We're guesting uh, uh, Scott Feinberg of uh, ScottFeinberg dot com, who's uh, calling from Connecticut. Hey, Scott. Hi, guys. And of course, our erstwhile uh, Phil Contrino from uh, boxoffice.com. Hi, Phil. Hey, guys. And, Thanks for uh, having me. So look, before we get into our numerous topics, which we have too many to even, um, you know, probably cover uh, in in this, uh, what we're going to do is try and keep it to about an hour. Uh, unlike uh, Chris Tapley and, and Ann Thompson, who do about twelve or fifteen minutes, our form is to go long <laughs> and, light and lengthy and just let it ride, right, guys? So let it ride, that's baby. Right. That's what the Oscar Fober thinks. All right, so Phil, we have a uh, what's called uh, for on the box office front. We have what would be. Uh, Is being described right as we speak as a soft 23.5 million debut for Tony Scott's Unstoppable, Uh, and it was no match, as they say, for um, you know um, um, the um, the the um, right? Because that that beat it, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Mega Mine held on with uh, a little more than thirty million, and
1: you know, I wouldn't call the the unstoppable opening soft. Twenty three point five is is pretty solid. I mean, it's it's not it's far from Denzel Washington's best or, or Tony Scott's best, but that's that's you know a decent opening. I haven't heard yet from Fox about what the uh, audience age and sex breakdown and what it got from Cinema but it's popcorn entertainment.
0: People are going to respond to it, and it'll stick around. What is there to possibly dislike, uh, except Unless you're you're me, you know, I didn't like the last third of it as much. But what is there to dislike about this film? It's got strong um, um, uh, juice and action, and it's and it completely doesn't challenge you, and yet it's really quite well shot and great cinematography. And uh, Rosario Dawson is good in it, and you know what What could possibly be going against it? Why would I mean I don't I don't think that twenty four or twenty three point five million is is that it's okay, it's good, but it's certainly not great. That it means it's going to top out around what sixty five or something, right? Uh, yeah, 65,
1: maybe even 70. I can yeah. see it doing, you know, 70. Um Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, there's nothing really to offend you about it. It's an, it's tight. I mean, it gets you in, gets you out. You know, I think it's like 95 minutes. So yeah. I, I saw it with an actual audience, and, and they loved it. They went with it, and people were walking out satisfied. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, it's it's tough, though, right now. You're running into the Harry Potter juggernaut next weekend. So it's, it's going to be tough for a lot of things to, you know, hold up. <laughs>
0: You mean if it uh, if if people really like it, then it conceivably could do more than triple itself, is what you're. Uh, but that that doesn't happen that often, does it? Tripling is about the best you can hope for, right? Yeah, it could it could sneak a little bit past you know the, the triple,
1: but but it also it'll see a, a decent chunk of its audience go away next weekend for uh, next three days. I, I mean that's gutting for the same you know twenty five up, up uh, action loving crowd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's unstoppable. Uh, briefly, Skyline is $11.7 But Has anybody seen
0: a- Skyline? Can I ask anybody? Just while you're talking. <laughs> I, haven't. I haven't seen <laughs> it yet. I'll probably check <laughs> it out either to- God, today Feinberg, or tomorrow. Have you seen Skyline? No, I haven't. Cool. So now I've had the uh, uh, second uh, second time in the last few weeks. I've been effusive about a mainstream kind of bubbly – Romantic uh, a film, um, first one was Love and Other Drugs, which kind of um, is not really happening, at least amongst people in my realm, and the second one was um, a Morning Glory, which I thought was fantastic, at least, at the very least, for Rachel McAdams, I, you know, and I, I knew this was working, and what happens? People kind of go, eh, 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 and that's and they go, you know, and it, and it kind of it's going to go away. It made twelve million dollars. That's nothing to, to get too excited about. I thought it would do twenty, but I, so what's wrong with me? Why is it that I get I like these things and everybody kind of? It's not,
2: I, Jeff. It's not what's wrong with you. It's what's right with you. You like Rachel McAdams a lot more probably than uh, the general public. The average person.
0: So she doesn't really, she she didn't really build upon her uh, huge start with the Wedding Crashers in 05. She kind of went away for a while, and uh, kind of uh, you know, and then she was in um, you know the, the, the Time Traveler's Wife.
2: Terrible movie. Like,
0: terrible movie. Uh, what else did she do that was that was noteworthy? Um, did she ever? You know, it's funny. She did she ever uh, ever appear in a film with her natural blonde hair?
2: You ever seen a grown man exultant. naked? I've <laughs> <No. laughs> never seen a grown man naked. I, mean, I was
0: just thinking, she, she, you know, in, in natural life, when I, I was talking to her <laughs> after party, she has naturally blonde hair. There is no, I can, I'm trying to think of another actress of any, um, of any thing <laughs> who has more frequently or almost completely always dyed her hair brown when she goes into a, into a film.
2: Oh uh, there are actually a lot of them you'd be surprised. You know um Leighton Meester on Gossip Girl, she's a natural blonde and she dyes her hair dark. Angelina Jolie is actually uh much more blonde than she 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 always dyes her hair dark as well. Ah. Um <clears throat> some of them just look better with dark hair.
3: Yeah. Well, fun fun fact, uh, Michelle Williams is not a blonde. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, she I uh, I came across that while I was preparing to do my interview with her uh last week i was very surprised by that
2: well she, she she must have um died it when she was very young because they she's done all exactly
3: this- yeah i think she said it was for for dawson's creek they made her do it and she's done it ever since huh oh
2: interesting.
0: Well, anyway so what happened so what's going on with that um phil i mean it's it's basically that's it's finished it's gonna do about what 30 or something 35 uh you know i'm not ready to close the book on it yet
1: uh the the information I'm getting from Paramount means it, it could be a little, you know, leggy because uh, mm-hmm. it's skewing older. It's 89% of the audience was over 25. So wow. anytime you see that, that's an indication that the people that it's really connecting with are the people that don't feel the need to rush out opening weekends. So right. Right. don't don't call this uh, over by any means yet. And it's got a B rating from Cinebra Score, which is not, you know, over the moon or anything, but that's healthy. That's, that's good. So, you know, I think it could stick around. It's kind of You know, and and the advantage is it it appeals to an audience that probably for the most part, you know, won't want to see Harry Potter. I mean, it'll be kind of like the older, you know, female set, which obviously, you know, there's still plenty of Harry Potter fans across all demographics, but I don't see that big of an overlap
0: with it. So that's that's good. So don't. Yeah, it's it's it might stick around and hang in there. Is, uh, there is—is is, is there any franchise in the, in, really, in the history of motion pictures? I mean, this is probably one of the biggest. Is it the biggest franchise in the history of motion pictures in terms of like just massive amounts of? Are we just, talking about Harry the Potter?
2: Dollar. The Harry Potter, yes.
0: Uh-huh. I'm, I'm speaking about that. Is that okay. the one that I that we could put at the top of the list, Phil, as far as the the most um, lucrative franchise?
1: Yeah, it pretty much has to, has to because I mean it it kills overseas too. You know, I mean it almost it'll do. You know. One movie, will do $300 million here, and it'll do twice that in, uh, you know, international numbers. So, yeah, and, you know, it's going to end up with, what, eight? It'll be eight movies when all said and done. So, right. you know, and the, these last two will easily probably hit a billion worldwide each. And, wow. you know, the, the, yeah. the last one I think will go past that because you'll get all these multiple screenings, people basically not wanting to let it go. They'll, right. they'll want to
0: stick yeah. around and go see it a couple times before it's gone forever. Right. Um, you know, so, how do you, how then do you explain Phil or how would anybody Scott uh, Sasha, explain that you know what I'm talking about when i say these movies have stopped really mattering uh, <laughs> since the alfonso coron <laughs>
1: yeah look at this point you're either with it or you're not you know what i mean nobody i, I don't see it picking up a lot of
0: you know new fans at this point you know who, but i remember if, going who, to see the alfonso coron one and i happened to be in paris at the time and there place was uh, in every seat taken and everybody was into it i was into it i was wrapped something started to disengage after that i just got tired of it and i just got sick of going back to hogwarts again and again (laughs) and i just couldn't take it anymore and people but that but that has nothing to do with the fans of this franchise they are not going to be stopped and it's very fervent obviously there's no fall off but i swear there's nothing happening here it just doesn't matter
2: um, I have a different perspective on it because my daughter who is 12 uh, and her friends it is the biggest thing that happened in the movies all year for them and we're going to a screening today and and you know it's it's like the big story at at her school big that she gets to go to a screening of Harry Potter <laughs>
3: so you know
2: right. it, it's a big deal for younger people really
3: I, I wonder if uh, the the girl with the dragon tattoo and and its sequels once they're made in English are gonna have n't I know it's sort of a they they appeal to maybe a, a slightly different maybe slightly older uh, audience but do you think they have the potential Phil, to to do huge numbers like that or is it a much more limited audience
0: Are you talking about the David Fincher one when it
1: comes Yeah, to-
3: the Fincher yeah, one. That's then-
1: much more limited. I mean, because it'll almost po- get it R rated right? I would think uh, yeah, you know, based on yeah. So I mean, it'll it'll have a fervent. You know, fan base, and I think it'll it'll pick up steam. But yeah, there's no way it's going to be doing these kind of numbers. Uh, you know, a, a movie like that, I'd say it would be lucky to get to, you know, hit something like a hundred million. Maybe that, that would be a uh, almost a stretch. I think. You know, it's.
0: Well, it'll be can interesting I, Can I ask Sasha to explain something? What yes. do you feel in the in the Harry Potter films? I'm talking about the performances. Because I don't think is, the only thing that's consistent about these films is that they're very, very handsomely composed. They're, they're, and it's kind of an anonymous style in a way. There's a, it's been established way, way back. And, um, you know, I don't have any technical argument. But what do you think is going to really mean anything to, to people after it's over? You know, uh, well. Uh,
2: It's it's an event movie, and when I was a kid in the seventies, that's really when the. I mean, I don't, I can't speak for any other era, but that's to me when the event movies really started. Going to see Jaws and Star Wars, these were, this wasn't just going to the movies. This was, you know, a cultural impact. uh, You know, like a. um, Asteroid. I mean, it. it, Everybody lined up down the block. You went multiple times. You talked about it with your friends. You know, repeat viewings. Hundred million dollar blockbusters. And you know, we have a lot of event movies now, much more than we did then. But of all the event movies that I can think of, you know, anytime Christopher Nolan puts out a movie, it's an event movie. But the Harry Potter Mm -hmm. movies are consistently holding that spot, and for these kids, they've grown up with the books. They've But they're grown not up with the that
0: good, story. is what I'm trying to say. But does it's it matter? Is Star
2: Wars over- that good? Star Wars is it yes, terrible Yes,
0: you can watch right now. You could put a, 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 a theater filled with just critics, okay? Just just people in the industry, whatever you want to. People of a of a certain, you know, discernment, and and play the Empire Strikes Back. That movie plays. That is that a great movie. Goes. The
2: Empire Strikes Back is, but Star Wars, the first one, it's good. It, I mean, I, it's one of my favorite movies. I know every line from it, but um, I don't know that adults then thought it was that great of a movie. Um, but I think that Harry Potter. You know, I haven't seen a bad Harry Potter movie. They're a little bit boring to me. The last one, especially with all the kissy kissy, lovey dovey stuff, was really too much to take. But um, yeah. and I've had to see every single one of them, and I have to watch them repeatedly with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think
0: that Voldemort is boring after a while? It's the
3: same old. Oh God,
2: Spider- he's Ray <laughs> Fiennes is Ray Fiennes ever boring on screen? No, never.
0: Is <laughs>
3: that way to me? I, I think what Jeff, Jeff, what you are probably talking about is the or what I feel I, you know, I can relate to is this sense of frustration that with a lot of the franchises that people keep going back to, whether it's Spider-Man or, uh, or whatever, they, there is, there is this this sense that people will go regardless of uh, the reviews, regardless of the buzz. They're just sort of almost like trained uh, sheep, you know, and it's very frustrating because what is the incentive for the, for the filmmakers or the studio to, uh, to produce a more, you know, higher quality film, if they know that they're going to get a certain audience, no matter what they do, it's it's uh, you know just rush it into theaters as, qu- as quickly as possible so that you can you can uh, cash in quicker. I, I, it's a very frustrating thing, but it's hard to imagine it changing when the model seems to be working. I mean, at least maybe Phil. Again, this is a, an opening for you, but I, that's my sense.
1: Well, you know, I, I never have a problem with it because you know. Warner Brothers can make a ton of money off Harry Potter and then turn around and give Clint Eastwood, you know, an eighty million dollar budget if they want with that. You know what I mean? So I always look at it that way that the the kind of you know commercial instincts help pay for you know some exciting stuff and they can take a chance on, or or even better yet, they can give Christopher Nolan two hundred million dollars to make Inception, which you know is a huge risk, and they can say, okay, well let's you know let's take a chance on this and whatever let's see what happens so and I, I, I never object to it
2: i don't feel that they slay off in quality of the harry potter movies i think that with the twilight movies and the harry potter the problem isn't the films you know it's the source material and you know, though the books are you know magical for kids, and they really can get themselves you know into this fantasy world very well, I don't think that when you get right down to it, there's there's a lot of there there with either book series. And um... I
0: was um, completely surprised by how satisfying I thought the very first Twilight film was. How it's very me too. <laughs> oh
2: God! <laughs> don't
3: tell anyone.
2: <laughs> They're terrible movies.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not the first one. The second one was awful, and the third one has was pretty bad. I thought, but the first one had it. I was surprised. I I didn't expect it.
2: Oh, I just—I mean, how much can you watch two people, you know, (laughs) just trying to kiss for God's sake? Get it over with already, man.
0: Yeah, with the—if you're going to try and sell the um, the Mormon conservative idea that you should, uh, uh, you know, abstain. Uh, until it's absolutely real, until it's you're ready to get married or whatever the final commitment, that's a good way to sell it. I thought it was a very good argument for that.
3: <laughs> Which <laughs> better is, what is those better books than are Bristol about, Palin,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's... A surprise. Anyway, so is there anything uh, that stood out box office wise, Phil, uh, in a in a smallish uh, noteworthy way? Some kind of surprise that happened that you noticed? Anything that? Um, Sure.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about 127 hours, which is still doing very well in in platform release. Yeah, it it made another 450k this weekend, or a little more than that, and it's up to 826,000. So that's awesome. I mean, it's it's catching on in a big way. It's you know, it's doing what it should be doing in platform release. So that's what Fox Searchlight needs to see. They need that kind of first uh, level of acceptance to to tell them, okay, let's let's bring this out wide and let's really. You know, push this. So uh, I'm, I'm really
0: thrilled to see that. And as, uh, and as Scott mentioned in, a, in a column, he believes, and uh, I don't know that it's actually been confirmed, but it seems like very clever on Fox Earthlight's part to not run away from the, uh, are you, are you strong enough to, are you, are you tough enough to see this and get through the, the arm thing, uh, because uh, that seems to have been embraced rather than run away from. Right, right Scott.
3: I think they had no choice, really, because it was going to be out there. And and uh, in a way, you know, the example that I used was how uh, with Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock, um, you know, knew that people were going to be talking about it, so that he he uh, almost uh, exacerbated that by um, by refusing to allow people into theaters before it uh, after it had started, which at the right. time was was a frequent habit. Right. And also, you know, at, I think at Certain high-profile theaters stationing nurses outside of the uh, the theater doors to create the impression. Oh, you know what could this? What could be so scary? I have to find out. Which is essentially what may or may not have been coordinated as far as ambulances outside of some of the big cities where uh, the big city theaters where this movie was playing uh, uh-huh. last weekend. I mean, I'm not meaning to to be a conspiracy theorist here, but I, I have received sort of multiple <laughs> reports that there were ambulances just sort of hanging out there without, <laughs> without anybody <laughs> uh, in them. So uh, either way, <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't put anything past Fox Search. I mean, these are the guys that drove a Volkswagen around Hollywood for a for Little Miss Sunshine and right. uh, mailed around hamburger phones. So I think they, they're very good at what they do, and it'll be interesting. It's, it seems like they have uh, right. cultivated the buzz.
1: Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Whatever it takes. You know, it's, a, it's a movie that deserves to be seen.
0: So if they have to come up with some gimmicky stuff, more power to them.
1: Absolutely, Phil. You, you know, said
2: it.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of uh, openly asked in a, in a piece I wrote recently about whether anybody felt as a young man I, 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 that I am very well acquainted with, who I won't uh, name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he said he doesn't want to go. Uh, he doesn't want to deal with it. <laughs> and I uh, thought that was surprising, you know. But uh, but some people did say, I don't know if I want to do this or not, you know. So um, so that's, it's the, out, that's out there. That does
2: surprise me that that um, not to to be to belabor the point, but that that a man would say that. Um, hmm. You know, hell, I'm a girl. I didn't have any problem with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll often to get tough on people and say, "Wow, you don't want to see it? What are you scared?" I'm
0: not your Come on, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Scared. <laughs> that's right all right phil well thank you very much for uh for informing what's the big uh, uh box office uh, uh, you know uh, uh, pulse beater next weekend what's going to happen that's going to um, what do you foresee next week harry potter man harry potter you know 115 million plus probably opening weekend so and we have <laughs> we have to endure that for a couple of weeks and, and, and then beyond harry potter then what happens uh, you know, some of the
1: December releases. Uh, you know, how do you know is still kind of a, a big question mark. But I think th- there's no way that movie can't be a hit with the the pedigree behind it. So it'll be interesting to see and hear what what that movie's all about and, and whether it has the goods.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much, Phil. We're, we're all look. We can't wait. I can't wait for the for the coast to coast pulse beat of of Harry Potter next weekend. <laughs> Uh, I, I intend to see it. I intend to see it. Um, I haven't been invited, uh, but I guess I'll, I'll see it sometime this week. And then, uh, and then beyond that, we're going to – then comes How Do You Know?, which I don't know if, what's going to happen, uh, frankly, with that. I don't feel that a lot of people are, are going to be jumping up and down. There's something no. strangely quiet
2: mm-hmm. about that film. Except for the few secret screening reports that I heard about which say it's just awful. But we'll see. Maybe that won't be – maybe that won't turn out to be true, hopefully.
0: There is a guy who happened to see it at a research screening who I have come to know um, to some extent, and I feel he's trustworthy uh, to the extent that he said it was uh, not awful. He thought actually it was, it was not bad, and he, but he did uh, single out Paul Rudd. He's as, as giving a pretty interesting
2: performance. Right. Um, I heard that she plays a softball player. yes. She uh,
0: looks. she plays a softball league, uh, professional softball league player. Isn't that it? Yeah.
2: I think so. Yeah. yeah. So what I heard was just that people were saying it was one of the worst movies that they'd ever seen. But hopefully oh. that's not true. You know, hopefully okay. that's just a rumor. So we'll see. Anyway, thanks yeah. so much, Phil. Great talking right. with yeah, you. Yeah,
0: thanks again for having me, um, guys. Be well. Thanks, Phil. Be well. Okay, bye. All right. All right. So we're going to segue right into, um, uh, once again, the t- uh, the topic of the um, of the ninth um. The, 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 excuse me, the, not the ninth, but the, but the audience, uh, favorite that will, um, the, you could call the blind side slot amongst the best picture nominees. And it's been, I believe that if that film is, uh, could well be the, the fighter, which I just saw a few days ago and which, uh, a lot of uh, people in Los Angeles saw at the AFI screening at the, at the Chinese. And, um, now, Scott, just to be clear, you've seen that, or did you? you got- I
3: have seen the fighter. Actually, the same night, I think that you saw it. I didn't run into you that. I saw you from a distance on our, on our way out of the theater. And okay. um, I'm not. I actually feel that it's that it's stronger than uh, <clears throat> than you're giving it credit for. I feel that the tenth slot is not necessarily going to go to a uh, a crowd pleaser. I I reference it as I refer to it as the blindside slot, more as a more meaning sort of like a wild card slot than uh, necessarily a, a populist type of movie. I mean, this could end up being uh, Winter's Bone or um, Get Low or something that that just sneaks in. My thing is that, my, my feeling is, though, that there are about nine movies, including The Fighter, and I don't know if you want to run through them. I guess I can do it very quickly, which, you know, Social Network, King's Speech, Inception, 127 Hours, Fighter, Black Swan, Kids Are All Right, Toy Story 3, and then presumably True Grit. Not that Toy are, Story
0: 3. Pardon me. Not Toy Story three.
3: There's yes, no point in putting
2: Story that 3. in
0: there. If you're you're talking about things that you feel are the best films, I would put that right in that
3: list. No He's question. not
2: talking about that. He's talking about what movies are going what's to be nominated. Of,
0: what's the point of nominating Toy Story three? Well, because
3: sure. I, well, because they're well, they're trying to get it nominated, and I think why they, they, why not well, just go along with the program? Which is that if it's animated, it has its own Oscar. It's going to win that. No question. Well, there are there are a lot of voters who feel the way that that you do, and I you know I know that because they tell me, but I think that if we've seen the precedent now with up last year, I think there are a lot of people that would argue that toy story three is even better reviewed and sort of a, uh, maybe a stronger film. And besides that, it has the, the um, additional thing of being the, the culmination of a, of a trilogy that people really respect. And that really e- exemplifies what Pixar is all about. <laughs> so I think that, uh, one of the best written things. Uh, has, and has, not to, has, to
2: mention $400 million box office. I think it's in the number right. one spot right now, and that uh, almost guarantees it a spot it, anyway.
0: It's it's absolutely um, um, uh, one of the um, – it's a fine example of great, of really first-rate big studio filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But it implies by saying it really should, folks, be a Best Picture nominee. It implies um, there's something Jeff- – Sorry. Now what?
2: I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll just keep my mouth shut. Go, go, go. I'm sorry. I thought
0: you were going to say another. Uh, I wasn't. I was just going uh, to say, fire was... alarm thing was going on. Like
2: <laughs> no, I wanted to talk a little bit about the blindside slot, the the concept of that, sure. just, just briefly. Um, I wine. think that you have to look at the background and why they had ten best picture nominees to begin with, and you know many people thought that the reason they did that was to include more films that were general audience favorites rather than art house, uh, critical Uh darlings. And, you know, because The the Dark Knight was snubbed the year prior, they felt Uh that by opening it up, they could include more mainstream entertainment. The blind side on its face, after it was released, nobody would have thought it would have been a Best Picture contender, but it was really kind of the accidental way it made so much money it it seeped into the public consciousness it was one of the few films that like people even at my daughter's school and around town Mm -hmm. were talking about and they actually really liked the movie the critics didn't but people did and so if you're talking about the fighter being the blinds which i agree with scott that it's much more of a maybe a solid one of the ten rather than the quote-unquote blind side slot which um might be that accidental movie that gets in just because people like it and that's why i think the town is perfect for that rather oh. than the fighter sorry i do but i could you no know, you
0: compare those two films side by side the town is just not even doesn't begin to approach the realm the 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 the, 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 the great Fervent energy and natural honesty of the of the fighter the town doesn 't even begin to get there it just doesn 't
3: well you know what i I like to bounce off you guys, but my feeling is that they the decision to expand the best picture category from five to ten slots was based on a false assumption which is that by opening it up from you know to have that that many more uh, uh, films that you were going to probably find something different in the next five, which mm. maybe once in a while you might find a dark night once in a blue moon or something that would have gotten in because of that. But I think the reality is that these guys, when they sit down and vote, the the Academy members aren't trying to uh, check off certain demographics or please the television audience right. of the show or whatever. They vote for what they like, and we know what they like from those first five that they've always had, and I don't mm-hmm. think that their tastes suddenly change that much after you get beyond – Uh Those slots, and so realistically, while the blind side sort of played into that narrative last year that that it might mean different kinds of choices, most of the time, I think that slot is going to go to a movie like Blue Valentine or Winter's Bone or Mm. something that has very passionate. uh, What was that? I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to stop you. No, no, what no. Was that it was like a little sound of a trumpet or something. I don't even know. I, I, it's I, the I, little I, man
2: who lives in my mouth playing this trumpet. <laughs> All right. But, um, because at least as
0: uh, uh, obnoxious as <laughs> my uh, you know, fire alarm line. We, we,
3: we must have like a sound effects guy on the line or something. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Well, anyway, but, so well, I also thought when I heard the term blindside, that means kind of late and i guess um you know uh, here you know we're talking about the, the the fighter the david o russell film being in uh prior to thanksgiving so i guess that i guess i was really wasn't thinking all that clearly because uh, th- we're still right in the middle of it so i guess what you're it also alludes to something that comes out kind of late in november early december right the, idea. Uh,
3: the Well, this blindside slot, I, again, I don't think I, – when I say that blindside slot, I'm not referring to a specific sort of film really, just that uh. it's just the potential of a wild card because um, I really do think that especially this year when I, – I, I have a hard time uh, believing that the town is – that a lot of people are going to look at that as a best picture uh, film. It's a very well-done, solid movie, but I, I don't – right now, I can't really see that. So if you set that one aside – then what are the other ones that are on the bubble? I mean I'm looking. I see Blue Valentine, uh, Winter's Bone, Another Year, Get Low, Rabbit Hole, The Way Back. These are not really um, popular movies but right. they're very critically acclaimed and they have sort of – the people who do see them tend to really respect them and uh, – you know, i i don't I don't think it's going to be something like a secretariat, which would fit more in the, oh. of, of the so, No, I know you laugh, and I laugh. at the idea too, but that's 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 really right out of the mold. It was made for the. A blindside crowd and yeah. I I don't think I give the academy at least right now I'm giving them a little bit more credit than that
0: you know the cinematography alone I was I was just coasting on uh, the cinematography by the in in the fighter by who's by the person who did the left the right one in it has that wonderful kind of steady cam handheld uh, fleet-footed quality it's just it just circles around people and it, there's not one tripod shot in the whole thing and it just mm. feels so so you know it's just i would just like saying this is so great just from the photography alone but
2: mm, yeah um i actually just Scott- I disagree with Scott a little bit about the blindside slot because I do think that in that case it was such a great disconnect between not only the bloggers, the Oscar pundits, and the critics and the Academy – um, it was a, a misreading on all of our parts, I felt, that we that we underestimated the blind side. And I, I continually go back and look at that um, because it reminds me of the Oscar-watching days before there were blogs when they yeah. would nominate films like The Sixth Sense and a Fatal Attraction um, yeah. because there is a current in the Academy that wants to support moneymakers – and the town is is heading for a hundred million. It'll probably yeah. make a hundred million before we head into Oscar season. If I were Warner Brothers, I would be on that like white on rice. I mean, uh-huh. that's a strong contender, in my opinion. It could be made into a strong contender with the right publicity.
3: I don't. I don't. I, I picture a voter sitting down to fill out their ballot. And I really. I can't see them taking into consideration the uh, the box office numbers of a movie. I oh, think but that they – of course they
2: do. Well, There's
3: there's the perception of whether a movie has been successful or not. But I think that that's something that's considered after they get, you know, I don't think I think they first look at it and say, is this a movie that's even worth uh, considering in that light? And Mm -hmm. I I don't know what what makes the the town so uh, spectacular. Here's
2: the thing about it. It's the one movie. This is this is what. In my opinion, what I always look at when, and what I should have paid attention to last year, and I was definitely asleep at the wheel with a blind side on this, you have to listen to what people are saying about the movies, not the pundits, right. because the pundits right. have weird agendas and this and that, other things going on. You have to listen to what people are saying, and Jeff even told me several times anecdotes where he walks in someone says have you seen the town i loved that movie Mm -hmm. people are saying they love it i mean you can't ignore when when people on the street are saying that they love a movie that makes a big difference that means that you know it's it's a really good possibility that academy members who are some of them normal people will also love the movie and also it's a huge ensemble cast that makes it a popular sag movie i think in this at this point it falls into the hands of the studio they have all the ingredients there
0: it's not a true film. It doesn't tell the truth about what life is really like. It doesn't really address that. It just puts those elements up there and sort of says, well, let's dance with this. Let's have fun. Let's let's have Rebecca Hall fall in love with Ben Affleck. It doesn't. <laughs> nobody buys it. It's not true. But We're the right.
3: one. Sorry. Go
0: ahead. Go ahead. And Go ahead. The, you know, the, the fighter does not. The fighter is about, you know, the, the druggy brother who's the problem. Everybody knows about that element in their lives. That's that's honest. That's you know there's and and uh, and you know um resentments on amongst mm-hmm. families, sort of the you know the girlfriend who's trying to take the 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 breadwinner into an, another direction and and about how you have to stand up and and, and say I, I can't i can 't let family loyalty blind me to my or stop me from um, from my becoming what I could become and, and, and being a success if I, if I change a few things. It's right. really about fundamental issues that people have to face all the time. There's a truth to that film that really, really works. And I, it's not. I understand
2: a, that, but I think with the Oscar race, it, it doesn't just come down to the film. It never does. It's like Scott was saying, it's perception. So if the, the town so, doesn't get strong box office and if it doesn't get good reviews, it is not getting nominated. I'm so sorry, my the God. The no, God. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, what but is wrong anecdotally-
3: with me? No, no, no. But the one thing where I'm going to disagree with myself from what I said a few minutes ago, where I I guess the the thing that that goes to what you're saying uh, is that anecdotally you do hear that a lot of voters last year when they were given these 10 slots uh, struggled to to fill them all out, partly because they don't have the – a lot of them don't um, take the time or have the time to see – uh, a ton of the movies before nominations. They often catch up with the ones that are nominated, but a, a very large number of them, from what I gather, don't even, you know, get through that many. So let's say, I heard I keep hearing stories where somebody put in five or six of the slots and left the rest of them blank. And mm, so if that is the case, you know, the ones that then have the better shot of, uh, of being written down are obviously the ones that have been most widely seen, and, and right. certainly the town has been seen. So I guess that, you know, that is a possibility. I just um i don 't know I I, I I have a hard time imagining it as a best picture everybody
0: has these lists are everywhere. Uh, a lot of people make these lists up. I have a list. God has a list everybody makes there's no it's not hard to come up with a list of ten or or fifteen for that matter so i don 't understand how people can say Gee i don 't know how to get past number five <laughs> or
3: six and I will say I do listen you know we 're all listening when we whenever we see voters or or have an opportunity to sort of sneak in and, and ask somebody for their their opinions or whatever we do ask them and i agree that i have heard the town quite a bit this year but not as much as i heard the blind side i ended up predicting the blind side last year for the nomination all right
2: know, scott good you know. going i totally
3: missed no i'm not looking for a pat on the back but i'm just no, saying no but that you are I,
2: good I, at that you really are you should take the credit you're good at predicting okay.
3: but but my, my point, though, is that I think definitely you're right. We should be listening. I think that right now we are hearing a lot of the town. But I'll be curious to hear if it fades off as people catch up with the more recent stuff, the the smaller movies that, um, that we're talking about now because we see them early on. We make it a priority to see them early on. But a lot of voters only get around to, you know, late December, early January.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Well... Whenever, whenever the conversation goes in the direction of, like, we
0: have to be cognizant of these other factors besides the fact right. that the film may not be so good, <laughs> that's when I get really depressed. And I my know. energy goes down. I, I, know think, do. you know, I know you do. I know. it's is, uh, You and I have – what I got in the game for, but I understand that yeah. it's mm-hmm. – Okay, so Scott, could I just ask you to elaborate a little bit upon uh, the reaction to the fighter that you detected at the New York screening? And you did this say to me uh, during the break when we were down for a second – that some uh, sports writers from ESPN, some sports people from ESPN, were talking about uh, basically that they had it, uh, they felt it was very authentic and whatnot. But what did you f- sense from the crowd in general? What, did you feel that it was a, you know, it was a sad crowd? What, what did you think?
3: Yeah, definitely a, a crowd pleaser, as was uh, reported from the West Coast a, a couple of days earlier than that, uh, before that. But my, um, my sense is that, Christian Bale just listening to the chatter outside of the theater as people were leaving Christian Bale totally uh you know it steals the show which I felt personally but it was nice to sort of hear that Uh uh from other people that there's just blew people away um and as far as the movie itself I do think that people will go to see it um I think it's it's gonna be you know probably uh uh I think it'll certainly make back its money it didn't Cost a lot, and I was blown away by the fact that they shot it all in, I think, thirty-three days. They said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what uh, what I heard, the the thing that you mentioned with the with the sports people was that afterwards, I was uh, visiting with a bunch of guys who turned out to be um, all involved with ESPN producer, analyst, different people who are boxing specialists for ESPN, mm. and I guess had been invited, you know, so that the film might get some coverage on the network uh, there. And they, I picked their brain about it, you know, is it uh, an accurate representation of the way these two guys, Dickie and uh, Mickey, both fought as boxers? Is it, uh, did, did Wahlberg and uh, Bale actually look like these guys? Um, and it turns out they knew the, both Mickey and Dicky quite hmm. well, these boxers, or these analysts, and uh, said that both in terms of their personalities and their physicalities, they absolutely nailed it. Um, And that their only gripe, which is pretty minor quibble in the grand scheme of things, was that the sound effects of the punches were a little too exaggerated from what they actually sound like. They felt that it would have been it would have uh, sufficed to have just done, you know, real sound. But obviously, um, you know. Really, if that's their biggest problem with it, that's not that's not too well, bad. Yeah, sure. by, how, by how people
0: tend to, um, uh, will often, uh, almost um, dependably, bring up each and every time, how true is this film to the actual? If mm-hmm. it's depicting actual people, how how accurate is it in terms? And I say that's not that. Uh, essential a uh, uh, point i mean if you if you know if you're going to be depicting somebody like say jake lamotta in raging bull or mark zuckerberg in the social network it's got to be fairly close but it doesn't have to be exactly close you can play around with it it's how the movie feels do you, do you believe it's true what it's representing what it's giving to you does it feel like real life to you does that does it does the metaphor in the theory- you're right
3: yeah. you're right in terms of whether it's a good movie or not, shouldn't depend on that. But when, when they're going to mount a big Oscar campaign and people are going to look for any possible way to, to, uh, knock it, it is helpful probably, you know, to have, have, a sort of that kind of validation rather than somebody saying, you know, these guys took great liberties and, and it's, you know, in one sense or another, um, as That's we've what seen. every
0: single work of drama has ever done. Shakespeare took liberties. Uh, Eugene O'Neill, if he based any of his plays on his own family, Long Days, Journey to
3: Night took liberties. Everybody takes oh, liberties. Oh, what
2: a great play that is. Yeah. Just, just as an Wonderful. aside.
3: Well, how many Oscars did Shakespeare win, Jeff? Come on, <laughs>
0: We know the the real guy who was the actual Danish uh, prince, and uh, based on that, Hamlet was based upon. Maybe he was a, a bit of a stiff. Maybe he was a, sort of a boring <laughs> fellow. You know. Maybe he's, William Shakespeare said, "You know, we got to punch this guy
2: up somehow." You know? right, right. Right. Yeah. Art. Uh, and a painting teacher once told me that art explains the lower classes to the upper classes, and it seems like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I get a laugh out of Jeff, because he, does he doesn't he doesn't dole them out very often. Right. You have to earn and it. It really does always feel so great to get a good laugh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, uh, that I think is is why so many films kind of dwell in the lower classes, and it is definitely the middle to upper classes that tend to eat them up. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, except to say that if it was if they wanted reality, they'd look out the window. You know what I mean? It's like it has to take it to another level and make it more universal. It's interesting that this year we have so many films that are based on real stories that um you know people keep bringing up this argument of oh, it's not authentic to the real story, and right. it really doesn't seem to matter in the end. Is it a good movie? Is it not a good movie? you know is all that really is seeming to matter.
0: That's, this is, a, you know, is art explaining the lower classes. classes. So, mm-hmm. what is the social network doing in the in the in within the realm of that particular explanation? it's, it's not explaining the lower classes. That's well.
2: Sure. I mean, I think it's a it was an interesting statement that he made. He was talking about painting, of course, and and specifically mm-hmm. modern artists. You know, Van Gogh and Gauguin and people like right. that. But um, but mm-hmm. I, I sometimes come back to it when I'm thinking about the differences between telling a true story and telling. And, and making a work of art. And to do a work of art, you need more depth and, and universality with it. It can't just be this is what happened to this guy because nothing would be more boring than that uh, and pointless.
3: And, and Jeff, the uh, you know what you were just saying about the social network, how does that fit into that uh, paradigm? Well, I think that probably the world of – of these young guys who created Facebook is probably just about as foreign to uh, a lot of these Oscar voters as Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah, so I, right. I think, you know, it really is opening up their eyes to something that they they may not be that familiar with. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah, sure.
3: The MPAA thing is interesting to me, but I don't know how much more we can talk about it other than to say what everybody already knows. Um, so I don't know. So, Jeff? I don't think there isn't
0: any particular um, uh, I don't I, I think you'd have uh, a great difficulty with with finding anyone out there in Middle America. I'm talking about, say, an audience at a regular theater screening in, you know, Omaha or Emporia, Kansas, or, or or Shreveport, Louisiana, who would feel that shocked at all by anything in Blue Valentine. That's just marital stuff. What happens in in Blue Valentine is about. You know, it's really about the currents that are going on between people that are not doing too well, relationship wise. In fact, relationship wise is kind of swirling downwards. And this is what happens. It's about, it's sometimes, uh, you know. The,
2: um, well, um, the, how about I Am Love? I mean, I was so funny because Tilda Swinton yeah. and I Am Love, it's like they're making this big deal out of Blue Valentine. Well, I watched I Am right. Love the other day and my God, that's like, yeah. you know, that's like right 70s. Porn. Yeah, <laughs> that's like <laughs> 1970s. That's like, you know, the man who fell from earth, <laughs> the man right. who fell to grace, you know, that, that movie with yeah. Sarah Miles. and um, Or, you know, Don't Look Now with Julie Christie and um, Donald Sutherland. That kind of a sex scene is is in I Am Love.
0: Here's the strangest thing I've ever I've ever said. I haven't even. Written it. <laughs> I can't wait. But I, I have to say that uh, the guy that Tilda Swinton falls in love with, who's a chef uh, in Italy,
3: mm-hmm.
0: he's not tall enough. <laughs> he's not. His shoulders aren't wide enough. He seems kind of smallish. <laughs> got this huge... Are you push-
3: volunteering for the reshoot? <laughs> I'm
0: telling you, I, I would be if I were a younger fellow, slightly right. younger fellow. I would be okay for that because, you know, yeah. the idea is that this lover is a younger fellow. He's not supposed yeah. to be of her class. He's supposed to be, you know, the odd choice. Why would she fall for him? He's really a, a, a friend of her son. So he's, uh, he's got her... Uh, uh, he's younger by about, what, 10, 15 years at least than she yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing is that I, I kept saying he doesn't seem right for her, and uh, he's his—he's just not. She's a, a tallish woman. Mm-hmm. I've spoke. You stood next to her. She's she's really striking in all sorts of different ways, but he's too small for her, and she's got <laughs> big bushy beard. Can you imagine somebody with a big?
2: <laughs> the like that. You know the I weird thing is, is, is oh, I know. Well, I don't know. Listen, I'm I'm a woman. Looked pretty darn good to me. So uh, the thing is, is is I, I, my point is only that it was a very graphic sex scene, and it's just funny to me that Blue Valentine is nothing like that. It's almost like they have a separate set of standards for stars because everybody knows stars. And Tilda Swinton, she's a star, but she's not as well known as Michelle Williams and and Ryan Gosling. So I just thought it was funny. Like there's one sex scene that is maybe a little bit. Graphic in Blue Valentine, but it's nothing like I Am Love. My God, no. <laughs> and it's such an
0: intimate film, emotionally speaking. You really are aware. This is there's never at one point when they're just showing you sexuality to right. uh, uh, surprise you or make you gasp a little bit. Not once. It's always about what's going on between them. Mm-hmm. I think, That's all you're thinking about.
3: I think it really does stand a, a fairly good shot at, at snagging that tenth slot that we're talking about. You know, it's going to have a. Uh, I think that both. Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams are so widely respected uh as you know the, really the cream of the crop of the young actors and uh and I think that those who who do see the movie really are uh, impacted by it um, and and are think and think about it long after they've seen it so i mean what what would be very interesting is that that would be only the the second instance obviously after Midnight Cowboy in which you've had a movie that was uh, essentially, NC seventeen. I know it's called something different. I guess X maybe at that time. But uh-huh. um, you know, to to be approved by the academy, and I really wonder if that could start to be the uh, the stake in the heart of the MPAA because these guys are just so out of touch with uh, with a lot of moviegoers in America. I understand that that maybe. Um, they they obviously have always skewed conservatively, maybe more trying to please the the heartland or whatever. But the reality is that when you're giving the king's Speech an R for for sputtering a few uh, sputtering a few uh, swear words, <laughs> especially in a comic
0: vein, I know really quite funny. I mean, everybody, everybody a nine year old girl would understand that that's supposed to be funny.
3: I know, and it's just <laughs> that's that's the thing. And, and there's something really screwed up about the king's Speech getting an R and like. I don't know, unstoppable, or, or even there are many more uh, uh, egregious examples of violence that, that uh, end up with PG-13. And, and it's it's not going to be tolerated much longer, I don't think. And and I don't know that there's what, you know, the MPAA is essentially a, the outgrowth of the code, which was created in the uh, late 20s, early 30s, or it evolved at that time to appease the the, you know, the Roman Catholic Church and a lot of people who were, who were promoting, you know, advocating outside censorship of movies where you would get a different cut of a movie at every theater. And I think that that has, you know, I don't think that issue is going to necessarily come back uh, if the MPAA either loosens up or or even, you know, goes away altogether. I don't know how many... I don't know always it. say um, that it's
2: I, necessary. Go ahead, Sasha. I just wanted to, to, to sort of change the subject just a little bit to say that did I hear this right that someone said that the Oscar for Best Picture rarely goes to a film that is rated PG and that it almost always goes to a film that's rated R? And if that's the case, doesn't that then help the King's Speech to be rated R?
3: uh well i don't know i mean keep in mind what rated r means it just means that if you have to be 17 to get in so whether it's pg-13 or r i don't know that it would impact uh the oscar voter it would just have more of a box office impact
2: right but someone did bring up that stat that that generally speaking the rated r movies are the more and that's they brought it up in in relation to the social network saying that it had less of a chance of winning best picture because it was uh not a rated r movie as opposed to the king's speech which is i just think it's an interesting dynamic and i don't think the weinstein um the Weinstein's are particularly upset by that R rating for the King's speech for that reason.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I think they're too focused on uh, generating attention out of the NC-17 for Blue Valentine, which Absolutely. I don't think they – you know they don't seem to have fought that too hard no not think. at
2: all <laughs> they're liking it did you see the poster yeah. my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um and scott now that we have you on the phone jeff do you want to should we talk to him a little bit about that what you what you were bringing up this week on your site about um the social network and the king's speech and the way the gurus of gold were predicting uh, the king's speech i thought you brought up some compelling yeah. arguments there
0: that they always, uh, whenever the, the, the we're, we're speaking for those who did not read Movie City News and they have a thing called Gurus of, Gurus of Gold and they are on a weekly basis now uh, putting up their, their, their favorites and there's the, uh, there's that tendency to always choose what, you know, we would call the, kind of the uh, default emotional choice, which is that, uh, you know, the one that always sends to win is the film that, 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 you know, strikes a certain emotional chord in people and makes them kind of cheer up a little bit or whatever, so, so it is Seen uh right now in a conventional sense and i say very conventional kind of dave carger like sense that the king's beach is the one that that has the strongest uh, current in that because it's you know it's the most traditional it's the most old-fashioned but it's also uh it touches you for the um for the for the growth and for the rapport and for the trust that it exists between um, uh, colin firth and jeffrey rush in that film and, and you know it kind of uh, It's something we can all relate to about that. It feels good to see a a person overcoming a, you know, a thing. So, but I I think that's kind of a a lazy way to go about it because I don't know know that uh, Scott has made an excellent point. I felt that um, in a post that you uh, put out what two three days ago about how um, uh, the zeitgeist has changed a little bit and people are not really looking for those warm comfortable um, uh, emotional moments as much could you explain that scott
3: a little bit sure no i appreciate you uh, referencing this because this is important to me i think that people uh I, I i get the sense first of all that the academy almost made a point of uh of getting more in touch with uh well of, of changing itself after a lot of years of doing the merchant ivory type of uh, best picture selections, of, uh, you know, since The English Patient, or maybe uh, there maybe has been one or two since then. But um, you know, if you look at the last few winners, they have really been uh, movies that sort of captured the uh, uh, the a major issue that that is felt across this country, and whether that was No Country for Old Men with sort of the fatalism of the end of the Bush era, you know, where mm. are we going? You can't stop what's coming, or mm-hmm. The Hurt Locker, which is. OK, we're in Iraq. What what now? You can't you know, you don't know. Should you be there? Shouldn't you be there? Are we doing the right thing? Who's our enemy? All of this. Hmm. And I think that these are timely movies that talk about uh, the world in which we live today. And and while The King's Speech is a terrific film, I think um, I would not uh, I don't see how it really applies to anything that's that's current. Uh, whereas with the social network, you're you're talking about you. Uh, you know, the, the, just so many things that really do apply today. And that's one, that was one thing that, uh, you know, particularly, I guess you could just boil it down to how interconnected we are, but, Hmm. and, and the implications of that. But in terms of awards, my bigger uh, point was that I think that the King speech, uh, lacks something that the social network has, which is a director who is at least within film circles, very, uh, widely respected, a long resume, and and at least in some sense, some people feel that he's overdue for recognition. And I, I referred to the example of four years ago when you had the Departed and Little Miss Sunshine, which for most of the award season were considered sort of neck and neck for best picture. And then things started to break, uh, I think, the perception among prognosticators and then the reality with voters. It eventually broke for the Departed because of the fact that there was no question in anyone's mind that Scorsese was going to get best director. It was it was an opportunity to to right an old wrong. It was a worthy enough picture that they could get away with doing it. And so, if he was going to win, wouldn't were enough voters going to be willing to split their picture and director votes? You know, could they really argue that a best picture was directed by someone other than uh, the best director? And um, while that has sporadically happened, what I found is that very the vast majority of the time it doesn't. And in this case, I don't think there's any. Sort of uh, question that David Fincher should be a, a, is ahead and maybe more uh, yeah. overdue than than uh, Hopper Hooper in the uh, in that category. And <laughs> Tom Hopper, Tom
2: <laughs> Hopper, <laughs> Tom Hopper. I just have to say that uh, that uh, The Departed. I knew it, that it was going to win, and I hate to keep bragging about this, but it was my uh-huh. one glory moment in the whole <laughs> – 10 years I've been doing this and the reason that I felt that it would win was because it was the best movie it it completely creamed all the the contenders in terms of just the best movie to sit down and watch that anybody in your family could sit down and watch and it was the same with No Country for Old Men and The Hurt Locker they were great movies entertaining movies and I think the King's Speech I could see it winning if it if it manages to somehow um, exploit the whole getting over a disability thing,
3: but mm-hmm. that's
2: the only thing about it that is really universal enough, and right. whereas with the social network, it's got both those things, both what you were talking about, the zeitgeist, and, and but it is also just the best movie. Mm-hmm. I once yeah. spoke to an older Academy voter who was, you know, really great guy in his like 70s or whatever. He says when he gets magazines and stuff about the Oscars, he throws them right in the trash, mm-hmm. and he says, I just vote, we just vote for the best movie it's the best picture and i said well what about saving private ryan and shakespeare in love and he said well shakespeare in love was the best movie (laughs) that's what he said so um i think that's what you know i i think you can go either way with it you can look at and say that it broke for the departed but i think it was the departed all along um and it might have even been the hurt locker all along even though we thought it might be avatar for a while there you know
3: but i do i think Either way, I do think that the director can impact the best picture race. You know, where sometimes, you know, we see we always refer to coattails of the best picture going down. Will it carry, you know, somebody to a supporting actress nomination or win or things like that? But I do think it can work, you know, almost reverse coattails is what I called it. And and but beyond all of that, I think we shouldn't forget how well the social network ended up performing at the box office, how well it's registered across all demographics it wasn 't just this movie that only young people got, which wasn initially the fear and it really has become a part of the cultural discussion to in a way or to an extent that i don 't i don 't know that the king's speech can match because i don 't know that the king's speech really applies to anything uh that 's going on at the moment i mean some people have said maybe the idea of talk radio and the power that it 's grown that it's that it 's oh. developed but you know that's no. a that 's a bit of a stretch i think and and Um, You know, with the social network, though, it's it's shown up in, uh, you know, uh, New York Times op ed pieces. It's shown up in places where people who might not initially be inclined to to pursue the social network can't avoid it. It, And I think that, you know, eventually there comes to be this feeling that you're missing the boat if you haven't seen it. I don't know that there will be that feeling with uh, the King speech. I I don't either.
2: Uh, Oh, just one last point, Jeff. I just want to make really quickly. If you look back at the year that Rocky won. And you look at all the president's men and network. Those two movies were like this. I mean, this is this is the argument against the social network. Mm -hmm. Those those two movies were in the public consciousness and they were definitely about what was going on and they were. 5 million times better than Rocky. But Rocky was the movie that captured um, the hearts of voters. And so that's what people, I think, think with the King speech and is that it's just going to move people and they're going to feel so um, loving towards these characters that they're just going to throw their vote at them um, without thinking about all the other things that that come into the picture. Okay, Jeff, sorry.
0: And and anyway, not to diminish, uh, because I think that uh, Tom... Cooper, was, without question, he, he delivers the, that material about as well as it can be delivered. Right. He does an excellent job. And I, I was able to uh, re-appreciate this when I saw it again at the, mm-hmm. uh, at the premiere screening at the Ziegfeld. Which, anecdotally, and this is really an important thing because most people uh, who go to see films do not really see them uh, and particularly hear them as, as well as I did at this wonderful screening. It's got that fantastic... Mm-hmm wonderful subwoofer sound that comes out of the speakers at the Ziegfeld and Jeffrey Rush's voice that wonderful baritone richness at the bottom yeah what a voice and it's just beautiful to listen to it in those speakers and it mm. it really significantly and I I say you know I saw it at a first rate screening room first time but this is mm. better and I was thinking boy that has an extra dimension
3: i'll be really fat one of the things i'm most fascinated to see is what happened how the academy handles that best supporting actor situation where you've got jeffrey rush who really to me is the and i love colin firth and and i think he's excellent in the movie but jeffrey rush is is kind of the heart of that uh for for well at least for a lot of the movie and he's so good and the question is do you would you rather give jeffrey rush a second oscar or christian bale who's not always a easy pill to swallow would you rather give him his first and um, I don't know how they're going to respond to that. I don't know how many Academy members uh, necessarily are – or even in the general public are even aware of Christian Bale's sort of uh, Mel Gibson-esque behavior on whatever movie that was. That was, was but- completely changed
0: around if you don't mind my saying. No, I- when a guy took that – t- you're talking about uh, an argument uh, that it was uh, – a rant I should say on the set of um, the Terminator – was it the fourth one? Yeah. And he was – and people were saying, boy, he's got a temper. But then somebody made a song out of it and they repeated certain phrases and they gave it a rhythm track. And to me, it became a hilarious moment at that point. That
3: well, that's true. But the original is pretty bad though, Jeff. I mean he was he was flipping out. I mean it was like David O. Russell. Now I understand. this. Somebody should not be judged by three minutes of their worst behavior, yeah. um, especially when they're such a great talent like those both – Russell and and right. Christian Bale are yeah. but I am I don't know if that's how, I don't know that when you have to be when when I don't know how your peers are going to are going to react to that I think that probably within the industry uh I don't know how well-liked he is. I know he's very respected. I don't know how well-liked he is. That's all I'm saying.
0: Anybody who lives and works in creative realms, mm-hmm. I, I, um, when I am subject to someone's uh, wrath, mm-hmm. I get yelled at. When I see someone else yelling at somebody else or even yelling at themselves on the subway, you know, anyone who goes outside, I, I feel distinctly uncomfortable.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I right away say, I wish they would just kind of rein it in a little mm-hmm. bit. This doesn't make me feel very good. Right. I, you know, this is not something I don't want to particularly... Uh... However, However, anybody that lives in and 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 collects paychecks off the creative realm, as people in this industry do, understand that the exceptional people—some of them—are like this, and it's the same kind of fire in the furnace that produces brilliance. Also, sometimes, lamentably, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it does come out this way with some people, and I just kind of say, "Well, you know, he's got to work on that," but it's not something I'm going to. And, like vote against him mm-hmm. the way right. you know, Ann Thompson feels that uh, David O. Russell must pay <laughs> U- ugly moments of ugliness. You know, if you look at those uh, YouTube tapes of him and Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. on the set. She's kind of funny, too, in a way. She's saying, you know, She's hilarious. I'm, I'm right. sick of your... <laughs> yeah. No, just shut up. Just shut I
2: know. Up. I love her in that. She's- kind
0: of, it's back and forth. It's not him berating poor little Lemmy Tomlin who's saying,
2: please don't hurt
3: me anymore. Right, right. She's giving it right back to him. It's pretty right. funny. So. Well, I can't wait to hear what uh, Sasha and, and, you know, others who have yet to see the fighter say about Christian Bale when you see it because, uh, to me... I don't know that it's possible to be a lot better than he is in the movie. And it's also – remember, Scott, it's not just the
0: performance that people vote for. It's also the character and that character, even though in actual life he hasn't really returned himself. Around, right. But he starts out as a, as, a, as a hopeless, pathetic crack addict with yes. a lot of spirit and a lot of pizzazz mm-hmm. in his personality. But he does tr- sort of turn the corner and it's yep. really quite a beautiful um, uh, metaphor, if you will. Mm-hmm. When I think of Christian Bale – you say, can can I ever divorce myself from the notion of him chewing out a crew member? Uh, what I think about him first and prime, foremost, is transformation. He's willing to lose yeah. tons of weight or buff yeah. himself up for American um, mm-hmm. Psycho, or uh, uh, you know. I thought he. I was even impressed, really, by his Batman. I was really taken with yeah.
2: that. Hi, same here. I loved that. I, I think he's good, but I think I think in the supporting actor race, I think that Jeffrey Rush has it sewn up and the reason being that he, especially if the king's speech doesn't win best picture um be i think
3: they could throw it yeah
2: yeah it'll be but, Firth and um rush because he's so likable isn't he so likable in that movie seriously oh, he's
3: great he's great but i just want to say i i i, I want to check back with you after you've seen the fire because i okay. think that my my gut feeling right now is that it is going to be Bale, and i do think that i think there's the argument, the the word it's no, Jeffrey Rush has sort of won every award there is in the world. And mm-hmm. I think that the narrative is going to become very loud that Christian Bale has never even been nominated. Look how think about how many times he's been great. This is potential. This is not also like a newcomer. I mean, the guy was doing Empire of the Sun in
2: 1987.
3: I think. Yeah. So he's really, you know, for all for, for his faults in spite of his faults i should say i think that they people will find a way to deal with it and i think they should I mean, they should this is just an incredible well, I, incredible
2: i'm excited to see it i really am but i could see him getting a nomination being enough mm-hmm. and that being enough of a forgiving of his just in, you know his his temper losing his temper and that i can see and, I might not even say I might not even go so far as to say he will lose because of his his behavior mm-hmm. so much as I think Jeffrey Rush is the more compelling likable character and therefore has the uh, f- you know has the front runner spot to, in my opinion.
0: But I uh, I also have to say um, <clears throat> that um, I I don't feel right on all the way down to the bottom of myself about how this uh, about how a person's political. Uh, a, a sense of how to behave and, and, and kindness and, and how we all need a little more gentleness and 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 and, and just just you know uh, a, a warm hug rather than a than a shrill sh- shriek you know yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so but I but but I, I don't know which of the great artists in 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 our histories. Were nice people. I don't know what a, what kind of a person William Shakespeare actually was. Whether he was an asshole. Uh, well, we know Gauguin know. was I, an I, asshole. I, I think that the Pablo Picasso was arguably uh, a bit of a dick, at least as far as his girlfriends and his wives are concerned. I, I think that uh, the Van Gogh, as you just said, was uh, a was a was a was a pain in the ass to kind of deal with. He had uh, he was obsessive, and he used to, he had some some pretty uh, explosive, uh, unsavory relationships with women. He wasn't very he was he was pretty much a failure socially. But uh, there's a lot of people.
3: But know. that all being said, though, Jeff, look at who in in the the age of 24 hour news, uh, when these guys or and 24 hour paparazzi and and all of the scrutiny that these guys are under now, who who succeeds? It's the it's the George Clooney, it's the Meryl Streep type who always, even if they don't mean it, they plaster on the smile and they are pleasant and they are and they're charming and they understand that. You're never the the there's never a cut, you know, you're always on. I, and um and I think that fairly again fairly or unfairly that's the world we live in today i, I it's and
0: unfair I, it's unfair because we're not in the business this is not a business about making refrigerators or selling insurance it's about you know uh, act, art and acting and that entails certain unruly currents that actors tap on or use uh, and transform mm, into mm-hmm. and refine into art you know yeah. you can't you can't apply the same standards as you know like let's like the, you know the JCs would apply to who's the most popular person that we're going to vote the the, the chapter president. That's one way of I understand all that. We all understand that, but it's, we have to allow for eccentricity in in the artistic personality mm-hmm. you know, to to occasionally manifest in a regrettably ugly and, and a very unsavory way because it's just part of what the the artistic process is.
2: I I totally understand what you're saying, and I, I it makes me sad to see art being treated like politics in that way, you know, and it's bad enough. Our politicians have to be so squeaky clean just to lead, you know, the people um, in, and it shouldn't also be that, that acting contenders and directors and writers also have to be held to that standard. So.
0: It's just, if, if, if it were my decision, Elliot Spitzer would never have resigned ever, you know, and you need somebody like him going after the bad guys on wall street. And yet he went down because he was dumb enough well, to, to get himself caught in it I, just basically having girls you know that's it's not that bad to even i'd say it's less heinous to to go to a prostitute than it is to have an emotional affair and betray your wife We've i i
3: agree that. with you but it comes back to the same reason why we we have elected why the studios are the ones that that keep the mpaa in business it's because we they know i guess that inherently we have we still have this puritan sensibility in a lot of this country and uh and it's a big enough segment that you have to play to it a little bit. And, uh, and unfortunately that affects the, the ratings of movies. It affects the sorts of behavior that we will and will not tolerate from public figures and including movie stars and politicians. It's just, uh, I don't know that it's changed every time you think that uh, we've, we've maybe uh, moved on a little bit as a country, something happens that, that sort of pulls you back to those, uh, those Puritan conservative roots, which, Mm -hmm. It's
0: a very, very uh, flawed way of dealing with a community, creative community. It really diminishes things to be overly, um, um, you know, focused on 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 political smooth smoothitude. I mean, uh, you know, uh, by that standard, people like who are as as, as admired and, and and really charming endlessly as George Clooney would would win all the time, and that just shouldn't be the the way it is. You know, not when you're judging artists.
2: Right. I agree with you. Unfortunately, that's the way it is, Blanche. It yeah. is that way. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah.
3: And, and remember, it's, it's called change. an Oscar campaign. I mean, it's not yeah. a, uh, unfortunately, that's, that's the, nobody who sits at home. I mean, not, not to harp on this subject, but again, I, uh, anybody who's not out selling themselves is it's, it's almost impossible to, to, uh, to be a factor in the race. I understand right. Monique kind of overcame that but that's a very rare thing I mean but you know her
2: her not selling was her campaign it it was a brilliant one because it just kept people talking about her and that's all you really want is people but I remember back to even Kate Winslet who seemed to have it in the bag man she worked the line she was like appearing everywhere half clothed on the cover of magazines (laughs) she was at every award show Jeff Bridges same thing like even the ones who are the front runners don't seem to take it for granted they work hard for their win you know
0: and I think that Monique really cinched it and really really kind of grabbed the oscar there's no question after she walked down the golden globe carpet with hairy legs that was really <laughs> for me boy that woman has the integrity not to shave her legs i'm gonna vote for her
3: so,
2: yeah you know. well, <laughs> I, that would even be worse if they didn't vote for her because she sh- didn't shave her legs wouldn't it um that's uh, a no, very, a shallow, very, way very to- shallow way
0: to react absolutely but uh but i i was like I was like, my my jaw dropped when I saw them.
2: <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do. No. I, I understand. Um, So I'm wondering about Natalie Portman and, um, yeah. you know, versus Annette Bening because I'm wondering which of those two is really going to pull it out and work the line and, and you know, get that Oscar because they're not going to just get it on the performance. You know?
0: It's all, and Annette Bening, we've all said this over and over, it's all, it's entirely about how she hasn't, prevailed yet and it's time to finally give it up and get it over with and give her the Oscar that she probably, you know, I mean, she's been wonderful going back to American Beauty, you know, she's uh, going back to Bugsy, you know, she's uh,
3: everybody, you know, not to not to revisit our, our months old argument now, Jeff, but just briefly, I, I, I disagree. I think that first of all, Natalie Portman. Has never been better. It's unbelievable in, in the she's unbelievable in Black Swan. And uh, if you look at the history of that category again, uh, including particularly recent history, uh, Tom O'Neill often mentions the fact that it's. And I don't know what swear words I can and cannot say on this uh, program no, go, here, but go for it. you know, we're fine with that. All right. Well, it's <laughs> it, it, it's almost always the most fuckable person who gave a. a Potentially worthy performance, you right. know, like, um, and and I, I just, you know, every time it happens, whether it's Winslet over Streep in a close one, or uh-huh. it's, uh, you know, right. just numerous, even, and and you know, somebody might point, say, the one exception. Well, who's the? How do you explain Helen Mirren? Well, she looks pretty good for her age. I mean, oh, she's she's, not, she's uh...
2: very fuckable, big time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but my point though is, it's not even against. It's not even. It's not even that Annette Benning 's not that good, but how co- i 'm not sure that Annette Benning's the best person in her own movie and and beyond that uh you know I think that there are people who uh feel that she 's better in mother and child there's all kinds of extra uh considerations there, whereas with natalie portman everybody's known she's she 's been good for a long time, but this is just like this uh, is entirely her movie yeah, yeah. she's unbelievable and uh and she is the uh crudely to put it crudely the the most most, fuckable person this uh, year but
2: here's the thing though scott is that i was looking back at the old actresses that won and a lot of them even though they deserved it they were still you know taking off their clothes having sex they were like you know basically the the great fuck of the year so it's like if you look at um even meryl streep and sophie's choice where she had those lips and you know her and then you have Holly Hunter in The Piano and you have Gwyneth Paltrow in Shakespeare in Love. You know, you have these women who are, you know, maybe even Holly Hunter is, wasn't really known for that. But boy, does she no. get naked and have some serious yeah. sex in um, in The Piano. And then, of course, Kate Winslet in The Reader, right? So, right.
3: Which, which ties in. I just have to quickly tell you a very funny story. Well, I found it to be funny. There was when, – when Kate Winslet was, was campaigning for Revolutionary Road and The Reader – they had one of these dinners and Jeff, you were there. I don't know if you remember this, but yep. in New York, they had one of these Peggy Siegel things. And Tom O'Neill, I don't know if he'd had a few drinks or if he was just feeling like being forward or whatever. But he we were standing around, all three of us uh, talking with Kate Winslet. And Tom basically okay. came out and said to her, listen, if you want this Oscar, finally, you need to start showing some skin. This is it's not cutting it. I got that he wasn't. Being mean about it. I don't know that Kate Winslick got it. I actually kind of was like, afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry, you know, I don't take it personally. <laughs> but, um, but sure enough, uh, within a month, she was uh, naked on the cover of, I don't know if it was Vanity Fair yeah. or whatever. Definitely, vanity. I know. you know, and, uh, and look what happened. So I think that even though I wouldn't necessarily say it to any of their faces, I think it is the case that you really, that in a largely male, academy i straight, guess
2: straight uh, straight male academy Straight
3: male mm-hmm. you you uh, you kind of have to play the game i'm not defending it i'm just saying that's the that seems to be what works
2: it is it's like for human beings and especially men it's like sex is the shiny thing you know oh look yeah. shiny object <laughs> that's the one thing that will get you to get them to pay attention always and,
3: yeah. and they love nothing more than the contrast between a beautiful woman who distorts herself by putting out a fake nose or eyebrows and then comes out during the actual campaign how contrary to that she actually is
2: you're so right on the money there scott because that was totally marianne cotillard and um she she didn't she couldn't have looked more beautiful and alluring during her campaign and then of course on screen she didn't look that way at all but um you know she still was go
0: ahead no
2: no you go ahead i'm i'm done
0: I wasn't saying Scott and and Sasha before about Annette that that was why she was the most likely winner or that why she deserved to win. I was saying that if you're going to vote for it, that's why because you feel that it's it may be the time uh, to finally give her an Oscar. That's mm-hmm. all I was saying. That's the thinking, you know. I'm not saying she's better than Julianne right. Moore. I'm not saying Julianne Moore, did, you know, is. Uh, I don't think there's any way to argue that they aren't fairly equal in that
3: film no so, yeah. and but not to belabor it but Jeff if they were so anxious to have awarded her already why I understand the first time Hillary Swank was clearly you know like you give Hillary Swank the Oscar for boys don't cry that's fine you know but they if they really wanted to do it don't you think they if if there was such a groundswell of of love for her that it would have mm-hmm. manifested itself with being Julia or at some other point I mean the reality is a lot of her several of her finest performances haven't been nominated I think that I think it was the Grifters and then uh and then um what was American Beauty and being Julia and Bugsy and, and Bug, uh-huh. was Bugsy nominated or so it was either Bugsy oh, yeah. or the Grifters. So I don't know. I, I mean she's only got three. Julianne Moore has four, but not to even compare them, I'm just saying that uh-huh. I, I wonder if there is this deep affection for her, if it's something that we've sort of a narrative that's been sold to us. <laughs> we yeah. put into
2: it. Well, Everybody and it's also season. yeah, it's because she's <laughs> married to Warren Beatty, and so she's she automatically well, became royalty. But you know, um,
3: but this, who's going to vote for her because she's married to Warren Beatty? I don't know that anybody's actually yeah. sits down. You know, when they when they think about this, there, I don't know that anybody would either nominate her or vote for her. b a a because she's. Married to Warren Beatty and managed to domesticate him for for a while, or or B, because she's this member of the one of like thirty six or whatever members of the Academy's Board of Governors. All these reasons that okay, well that's a good reason. Well, they you know they keep being given to us as reasons, but I don't know if ultimately anybody sits down and makes their final decision if that would be a difference maker for anybody. I think the performance is either Oscar worthy or it's not, and I get what Jeff's saying that you know here let's seize an opportunity to reward somebody who's been around for a long time, but. I don't know if there is that 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 applies to people who there is a deep, you know, personal affection for among the public and the academy and I don't see the evidence for that. Mm.
2: Right. And I think I think if it hadn't been for Natalie Portman she had a really good shot at winning. It's just that I I'm starting to feel after seeing the black swan and not being able to get it out of my head. The black swan. There I go again. <laughs> 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 after seeing Black Swan, um I I think that she is Her performance is so spectacular. I really do think it's the best of the year of anybody, male or female. So I think that
0: when um, I I think about her, I think about not just a a performance by by an actress really nailing it. I think about a the way I feel about a great uh, ballet performance. I feel I see her as as giving a real real work of art in a realm above and beyond just acting. She's doing something,
2: and you know. She she has the also two things that that I didn't think she would have based on what I had heard earlier, which is she she draws sympathy because she's so sad and she's trying so hard, uh-huh. and you really want her to be free from her mother and you want her to and and also that ha- she has the rooting factor. You want her to give a great performance, um, right. in in the uh, the film, and you want her to find her black swan. You're rooting for her. You feel sorry for her. You know you love uh-huh. her in a way, and she just. It's just a brilliant it's a perfect yeah. it'll pro- it's probably going to be her career high you know I mean, And
3: there's a lot of masturbation and sex which Yeah never
2: <laughs> Not to mention that <laughs> <laughs> It's really a good performance though I was very impressed so Yeah
0: So do you think uh that uh, I, I raised this a long time ago about the Michael uh, Douglas uh, factor I think he is um Uh, Having seen him uh, twice now in Wall Street too, and and I also um, appreciate and respect him. I don't think he's great but I I do think he's a a very good job in Solitary Man. Do you think that he himself and people uh, would would feel like they don't want a sympathy vote. They want him to get in because he's a really worthy uh, contender for an acting award. I don't think he himself would like a sympathy vote. You know, I don't think any actor is self-respecting.
3: Probably not. But but they'll take whatever they can. They'll take whatever they can get. I mean, I how, what are you, you going to say? Don't vote for me if you feel sorry for me. I, I think that it's inseparable in a way. And I think that I mean, it's the saddest thing in the world. I saw the this uh, recent photo of him where he really does not look good. I mean, he looks almost as old as Kirk. But he had you're right. He hasn't. He hasn't played. He hasn't tried to uh, uh, use that in any way, and I don't. I think he's he's he epitomizes sort of class and dignity, and I don't think he ever would. Uh-huh. But I don't think that would keep uh, voters from 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 factoring it in. I just don't know where where they would go with him because Solitary Man is uh, he plays such a repugnant character, and uh, and it's a pack category anyway for Best Actor. I don't see him making the cut there, and and with supporting actor, I actually thought Wall Street. Money Never Sleeps was a lot better than uh, so did I. I had been can on. I believe you know, I, I went same I here. And, he,
2: and he's great in it, isn't he? I yeah. Mean, he's yeah, really.
3: And he's going yeah. supporting, which I mean, that's much more realistic. Uh, mm. And and there's no shame in that. And the only question is, would would people think that Michael Douglas could actually be a supporting actor? I mean, this is the ultimate leading man for the right. last twenty five years. Yeah, he good sells point. That, That's, that's a great
2: point. That,
0: that moment on with. Um, Kerry Mulligan on the steps of the Museum of Modern Art, of the uh, Metropolitan Museum is what sells that whole performance. And
3: I think he's probably thinking about his own son, you know, his own child. Besides, nice. you know, really? but but I I'm, I'm glad Sasha, I'm not, I'm glad I'm in good company about being uh, surprised about. You know, it, I had been led to believe it was a piece of junk, so I waited I forever to. See it, and I really mm-hmm.
2: thought it was a good movie. I mm-hmm. did too. I was surprised that it didn't get the kind of reviews that I expected it to. Um, I think that the ending was problematic for me. I didn't mm-hmm. like the way it ended. But I thought he was fantastic all the way through. And in fact, when I saw that performance, I thought, okay, he's winning supporting actor for this. Mm-hmm. There's nobody mm-hmm. else that can beat him. And then, of course, I saw Jeffrey Rush, and I was like, okay, well, that is a great performance mm-hmm. too. So yeah. I think it's. I think that it it could come down to those three: Christian Bale. Um, uh, Jeffrey Rush and Michael Douglas for the supporting actor win. I can't see anybody else taking it. Can you? Uh, um,
0: those, one of those three. One of those yeah. three. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seems to me. Uh, moving on to the topic of uh, performances that have not been seen by many, but are passionately supported by those who have seen them. Let's just go down the list. Uh, okay. uh, Javier Bardem is being is, is, is uh, included uh, on that list because people have not seen Beautiful to any great numbers, although it's being pushed very hard right now uh, mm-hmm. by roadside, and uh, there's a lot of campaigning going on, uh, and Bardem... Tiny little thing—you don't have to pay that much attention to it. But he did win the best actor award from the Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. last May, and they don't—they don't give those awards out because of a whim. I mean, he's wonderful in that mm-hmm. film.
2: Oh know? my God, is he ever wonderful! I mean, yeah. talk about a career high. That's really for an actor like yeah. him who's already done such great work. Um, the only problem with Beautiful, of course, is the—is that it's got kind of a blogger ba- black backlash. You know, so many people felt negatively about it. But I think that the Best Actor race is just not that strong this year so far. So I think he has a really good chance, and they're they're going to fight for him, right, Scott? Don't you think?
3: Yeah, they are fighting already, and I mean, I, I actually, I, I, I'm curious to go back and see the movie again. I, I thought it's. It's very good. But again, it's tough. It's a tough sell for a lot of people to watch a a long subtitled movie. It's not I'm not justifying their laziness, but the that's just the reality. And I don't know that he'll I mean, it's not it's not the deepest category, you know, when you start getting down to spots like seven, eight, nine, ten. But if you look at it, I think Colin Firth is in James Franco's in. And then very likely Robert Duvall, Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Jeff Bridges, you know, that pack. Right. And, and Gosling and maybe even DiCaprio. So it's going to be a dogfight to get in. Um, but, I mean, he's terrific. And one thing that I really enjoyed last night uh, was I picked up a copy of the uh, Criterion DVD of, of the Kurosawa movie, Akira, mm. which uh, I had not seen before. I, I love classic movies, but I just had never uh, made the time. And I I did that because I had read that that was a large inspiration for Inoritu when, you know, coming up with this character. And it was amazing to see the the similarities where you've got a guy Mm. uh, who's Mm. learned that he's dying, doesn't tell any of his family, doesn't, you know, actually only confides in somebody, a stranger at a bar, you know, goes out on these uh, adventures that he would have never done before sort of uh, in – or or not not necessarily that that was what uh, Bardem was doing, but, you know, sort of carrying around this burden and the secret while still going about his business in a in a different way, I guess. And um, just I, it, it reminded me of that was a beautiful movie. I think this is a beautiful movie and I just hope that people, you know, take the time to see it, whether they vote for it or not. Mm.
2: Okay, that's a wonderful comparison. Yeah,
3: thank you. Well, it was, I was—I wish I could say I came up with it, but Inarito had mentioned it in an interview, and and it made me so curious to follow up on it. And I guess everybody should see Kurosawa's movies anyway, but this mm. was uh, a great excuse.
0: Yeah. I I made an initial comparison between uh, Beautiful and um, the Bicycle Thief because I felt that there was mm. some difficulty going on in that life of that poor man uh, struggling so hard to just barely pull it pull it together.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a great I, one too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's uh, and and I know that there's a uh, uh, one of the rocks thrown at beautiful is that there's too much stacked against him. He's got illness. He's got the manic uh, wife, the ex-wife. He's got the the uh, accidental death of some employees uh, from a, from you know, faulty heaters. Uh. You know, he's got the police on him. He's got you know. There's just one thing after another, and uh, people feel like it's too much of a tragic stacked deck deck against right. him. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, people don't want to consider what, what it can be like when things start to get really bad and, and life seems to almost be stacked against yes. you. Yeah, you know. Closing
3: in on you, yeah. Uh,
0: that that old David Mamet line. I, I pray to God it never happens in streaks, but sometimes it does go in streaks. Mm. I didn't have any problem with that. That's uh, it can it can get really really really. rough. I think
2: if you're you know if you've been through it, if you've really been through this idea that life is a bucket of shit with the handles on the insides, yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> you have a a yeah, better yeah. idea and and to me it was much more kind of mystical this film it was it reminded mm-hmm. me of a Gabriel Garcia Marquez um right. short story called the very old man with enormous wings and it reminded me that it was very uh-huh. kind of magical realism um he to me he was much more of a job like figure like he was these things mm-hmm. were being put upon him to not just to test him but to show him as this sort of an angelic creature this angel yeah. on earth and yeah. i think it worked on that level for me like it was much more symbolic than it was literal
3: and i mean your what what gives me a little bit of hope that people will see what you've seen and and what jeff and you know what we feel about it is that um you know if you look at the fact that he was nominated a decade ago bardem for before night falls which was not an easy movie which was also subtitled which was a lot of other you know presented a lot of similar challenges uh, and in another very good year for for the top part of the, you know, the top flight of best actor contenders, he managed to get his nomination. So, uh-huh. um, you know, it could happen. I mean, the I feel that Tilda Swinton is in a similar boat here where, you know, those who see it really tend to admire how, to the, the the lengths to which she went for this. But uh but at the same time, how many are going to see it? I don't know. It's a tough sell, a long uh, subtitled movie that came out months ago that's just going to get put at the bottom of the pile as more of these screeners oh. pile up. And, and it's not fair, but I think that that's the reality. And, and fortunately, they got their screeners out quickly, and, and now it's just no. a question of whether – watched it
2: listen here's what they should have done the cover of the dvd should have been tilda swinton's torso with like her pubic mound just outside the (laughs) frame and then the words i am love across the (laughs) The, covers they would have put that in as it is it looks like a very cold kind of i'm just going to watch this woman walking around you know a dinner table and i mean i i was not i had no incentive to see it they sent me the screener they're working really hard for a nomination for her i finally put it in i couldn't believe how erotic it was that's their Mm -hmm. big selling point point. And they're not. They're not even selling it that way. So they should be.
0: I saw the movie, and I think back on it more of it, more as a tribute to the kind of filmmaking that Visconti used to to mm-hmm. make back in the '70s and everything. Mm. It, it has a great uh, altogether, you know, har- harmonic uh, feeling that, that it has this uh, the, the, the the photography, the that, yeah. that, that feeling of uh, of, a, of a really. Uh, um, um, uh, old family with old money and the the the, the rupturous changes and all that. I, I I don't think of it in other words primarily as a erotic
2: Esoterotic, thing. But, yeah. uh, but interesting,
0: it's, it's interesting. like
3: a non violent Godfather. I mean it's that kind of a saga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I uh, plus I really like... don't like that guy. I mean if I like, I would uh,
0: but I, I wouldn't. I uh, I don't have to be a woman. I can be. I can pretend to be a gay man. But I want to like you know kiss a guy with a beard like that. I don't think so. You
2: know? Well, I don't mind the beard. I I actually like beard but the thing is is um i th- again it's the shiny thing you know you got to get the sex out there front right. and center because you want people to put that right. dvd in and they're not going to do it if they're if they don't think that there's going to be a little bit of a payoff and that's I be- i'm sorry I'm no sorry. no go ahead
3: no i was just going to say that i think tilda is coming to los angeles this week or next week and uh yep. and is going to finally start working for this and hopefully they're listening to what you're saying and will will uh You know, play up the sex factor because, again, to come back to that, sex sells to Academy members. Sure,
2: absolutely. You know,
3: like you know, once this movie is seen, people like it. It's just the challenge of getting them to see it, and if that's what it takes, then then whore yourself out. You know, whore
2: yourself up. I mean, that should be the story. Every time uh, somebody shoves a mic in her face, they should be asking her, "Were the sex scenes very difficult to do? Were the sex scenes realistic? How realistic were they?"
3: I wouldn't (laughs) put it past her to actually. I wouldn't put it past her to actually. You know, had the sex. I don't. I don't know if that happened, but it sure looked uh, like
2: it. <laughs> it sure looked like it.
3: Yeah, and I mean, this is a woman who, uh you know, one of the one of many kind of quirky things about her is that she's married. I know to somebody who lives home, but she travels with the husband's consent yeah. with a younger boyfriend. I who, know. You know, so this is. It's actually, I think, probably a character that's. That's tame compared to her own life. So. Exactly, but uh, that
2: should be the narrative, and that would help get her a nomination. It's,
3: absolutely, it's, you know. And I don't think she's shy about talking about it either. So I, think I don't that, either.
2: Yeah,
3: you know. Mm.
0: So the last one that we would discuss was uh, Jackie Weaver, which I, who I think she is a undoubt, uh, undeniable uh, uh, best supporting actress contender for her um, fascinating performance as a Lady Macbeth like viperish uh, grandmother uh, in. in Tied to a to a family of uh, criminal men, I think she's blazing in that film. I she's do too. So, You know, um, you know, I'll never forget that performance, and I'll never forget that look in her eyes. I, I um, would think that there wouldn't be any question about that. But again, the question is how many people have actually seen Animal Kingdom? I know that that has not. Really penetrated that big a way, box office wise. Um, what do you think about that, Scott? Do you think anybody's seen Animal Kingdom? Does that uh... well
3: within our within our circles? And I guess some of the voters. It was one of the really the first DVD to arrive on uh, screener, and and so potentially they've checked it out. But I don't I don't get the sense that it's a sure thing at all. I mean, and 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 I'll I'll just throw this out that that is the that is to right. me the the weakest. Category this year by far. There's not a lot of depth there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about Jackie Weaver. Not because they're they're not pushing her or anything. It's certainly been a, a very concerted effort by Sony Pictures Classics. They sent the screener out first of all of them actually this year. Uh, and you know, you keep hearing about it, and and there are actually a lot of it. She's definitely developed like a cult following. But um, but when you look at who she's got to go up against, I I am skeptical that. Uh, she can make it in, even though it isn't the deepest, uh, you know, year in this category's uh, uh, recent history, and and probably it's the weakest category this year. But nevertheless, you know, let's just consider who we're looking at. You've got Haley Steinfeld, who is this 13 year old girl who has apparently never acted before, but is, I guess, very central to True Grit. So I'm going to tell you right off the top. I don't, yep.
0: you know, that's that's not going to happen. Okay, <laughs> people are going to say. <laughs> Boy, she's pretty good. She's got definite promise there. I mean, she's got spunk. You can tell that, and that's why they hired her. They're not stupid. They know what they're doing. But no, why, why do we have to talk about her being a
3: nominee? Well, because I guess I gather that it's really a lead part part. But they're going to put her there and hope Elite. to get the yeah to get to get the Anna Paquin you know bounce where this is this is where young actresses uh, you know do click sometimes. I'm not saying she'd win, but. I could see a, if she is good and 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 is central to the film I you know it could happen but but I mean look at who else we're talking about the others are all you know previous nominees or winners you've got Helena Bonham Carter and granted it's a it's a relatively bland just supportive wife part which is normally she plays these colorful eccentric characters but here she'll actually Get nominated, oddly enough, unlike those ones, because she's going to get the coattails of the King Speech. Yeah. Then you've got the two previous nominees from the Fighter, Melissa Leo and, and Amy Adams. You've They're got Sissy awfully Spacek. Good. They're both both off- awfully good, and, and I think they could both get in. And, and you know, which would kill off the chance of either one of them winning. But uh but they could get in. And then you've got Sissy Spacek and Diane Weist, who Spacek's won once. Diane Weist has won twice in this category so it's it's definitely a tall order for Jackie Weaver uh, who is a a veteran who's very well known and respected in Australia I guess but not i don 't know that any that she mm-hmm. gets any you know points for her previous work here in the United States so uh you know it's really going to be a question of whether the average voter sees the movie and comes away feeling as uh as passionate as some of the the bloggers who who can't stop raving about her
2: right, right. because
3: she's um uh, Diane Weiss
0: is uh, does a, a very um uh, 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 you know, kind of, uh, it fits that she she fills up the role in, in the way it should be filled. But it's just right. a mom listening to her daughter going right. through a lot of grief, and she's a good mom, and you like her. But I don't see again what the big th- deal is. It's just a uh, you know, it's a it's a solemn film about grief, and she understands what her daughter is going through. But uh, there's she doesn't have any big moments. She it's not one of those things that you no. just run out talking about Diane Weiss being wonderful in this. She's fine, but um, you know but, there has to be a sense of perspective on on
3: these things. I think. Well,
2: you you think, but what what count think. will count there is her stature and her likability uh, in the industry. So,
3: <laughs> and, and I, I just want to bounce something off of you guys because I'm prepared to be completely shot down on this. But I I was thinking about this last night and I wrote a post and I'm as I said I I understand that it's not you know uh, the popular thought right now, but why why wouldn't Rooney Mara? be a little bit more taken a little bit more seriously for the social network here here i understand that she hasn't been able i think part of the reason that we're not talking about her is that she wasn't around for any of the social network promotion because she was busy with girl with the dragon tattoo and couldn't be here but it think about it i understand again it's a very brief performance but this is the category in which you know Beatrice Straight wins for five minutes and forty seconds, or Hermione Baddeley gets nominated for two minutes and forty seconds. This, I think, Rooney Mara's in there for about twelve minutes, and and including the opening scene of the movie, which is as electric and uh yeah. and awesome as any scene this year. So if she could, if she would only start working for it a little bit, why wouldn't she have a shot? Because she is op- o-
0: occupying a relative small uh, 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 slice of the huge – of the pie that is the social network. Right. She is the indig- indignant, the wounded one and the woman who is indignant and dismissive of, of emotional abuse at the, at the uh, hands of uh, – But so
3: is Beatrice Strait.
0: Hmm. Uh, well, Beatrice Strait uh, kind of rocked that movie in a way that she doesn't really have the chance. She doesn't really right. build up the thing. It's, it's funny how Beatrice Strait managed that in, in Network. But, but Rooney Mara doesn't really get what's going on. She is just angry and dismissive and couldn't, can't believe that a guy would, would would trash her in a public way like that. And she lets him have it in the beginning. And she certainly lets him have it when he comes up and says, can we please talk? And, he says, mm-hmm. and she says, well, she'll go off and do your, you know... Your video you know, game. You know, yeah, you know, right. She's dismissive. And, you know, nobody's going to say she's wrong, but you're voting for the character. The character doesn't even get what's going on, you know?
2: Yeah, it, I, if, she, if, she was, if she was working the law, if she was out there everywhere right now doing publicity, she'd have a much better shot. But I just want to say that I think it'll be interesting when the nominations come in to see how many acting uh, nods the social network does get. Because if it gets more totally. than one, you know, I mean... Then you know it's winning because I mean, you, yeah. you think it's winning. It has a much better shot. I remember watching for The Departed for that reason. Like people were saying, if, if it gets more than just one nomination, as it turned out, it only did get one nomination and it's still one mm-hmm. best picture. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, with a grain of salt, but I still will be watching to see if how many, how many of the performers there get nominations because I think it'll make a difference.
3: Aren't. What's your What do you guys bet on happening there? I mean, okay, so let me, if I can just run through. Is Eisenberg getting in for best actor? I think so. I hope so. Also? How yeah. could that not happen? Yeah. I, I think so also. Okay, so then uh, supporting actor Garfield, is he getting in?
2: I have him down I, on my predictions, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Me too. And then the big one, well, I would say the... the the next one justin timberlake
2: i think if if they're they're idiots if they don't nominate justin timberlake because if there's one thing i know that I people don't they don't agree with this but a he deserves it let's just say that right off the top he yep. does way deserves to be nominated one of the best and most talked about supporting performances of the year b uh-huh. you right. want to get people to watch your damn show you better <laughs> better nominate people that people yeah. care about and justin timberlake mm-hmm. is the one you know it's like phil contrino was saying when we talked to him he said you know one of the things getting people into the theaters was watching justin timberlake <laughs> snort coke off a girl you know it's like yeah, yeah. people want to see <laughs> justin timberlake so i i, I, know, I know that know that's not, not a reason to nominate him but i think that they should think about that kind of stuff sometimes but.
0: and the, yeah, he was great the he vulture great. people came through with a uh, with a notion that he is going to be um Norbitted by his uh, Yogi Bear thing, and that's silly. <laughs> and, you know, I that's mean, Eddie Murphy had I don't a, see that had a career reputation of doing Norbit like movies, and people remind <sighs> right. Me right at the wrong time. Oh, here comes another Eddie Murphy stupid movie. Right. So they kind of turned against him. At least that's the thinking. All right. Well, I we we had a really nice uh, chat here. I think we uh, we we mix well together, and I'd love to get uh, Scott back with us sometime soon. We're, and um, it was nice to have Phil on as always. And so uh, let's all let's do it again next week. And um, and uh, what's happening, by the way, of any significant? Uh, uh, it, when is True Grit finally going to get shown? What's, I haven't
2: heard uh, anything about it. Um, but I would just also like to say. Thank you, Jeff, for another great podcast, and it was great meeting you finally, Scott, after all these yeah. years. You too.
3: I, I'm glad to. After all these years,
2: <laughs> that's really wonderful. And I have a suggestion yeah. to make. I think we're all three going to be going to the Santa Barbara Film Festival, so maybe we could yeah. do yeah. a live a live podcast from up there. That's that's that sounds.
3: Glad that, you're that,
0: going. That definitely yeah. works.
2: Okay. Wonderful. That's okay. Cool. All
0: right. All right. So let's do it next weekend, and uh, and uh, um, um, on to bigger and uh, and grander
2: things. Yes. Have a great Thank rest you of your Thanks weekend. You weekend. Yeah. Okay, guys. Bye bye. Be well. Bye. You've been listening to Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, dot com, Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com, dot com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, dot com, and our special guest Scott Feinberg from ScottFeinberg.com. dot com. We will be Could back next week with another episode True. of Oscar Put Poker. Thanks for listening. Free. Make a open the box, and that's the way you do it. It's my dick a box, my dick in a box, babe. It's my dick in a box, my dick in a box, girl. Christmas. Digging a box. Hanukkah. Dick in a box Kwanzaa A dick in a box Every single holiday a dick in a box Over at your parents' house a dick in a box Main day at the grocery store a dick in a box Backstage at the CMA's a dick in a box Yeah, well, 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 well My dick in a box My dick in a box